0: The scripture reading today is from Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. You can find it printed on page 10 of your worship folder. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which mortals had built. And the Lord said, look. They are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. The word of the Lord. Take a moment now for silent reflection.
1: Lord, center us on your words. May we know your language of love today. May you speak to us as we need you, Lord. May we know just how deeply you love us and want to spend time with us right here right now. May we listen. Amen. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Good morning. I want to start off this sermon with a magic trick. I know didn't think I knew magic. I do. But first I need you to do a visualization. Imagine you're at the library. Imagine you are studying. You have like a big test coming the next day. Books are piled high. Laptop, pen and paper. You're in study mode. But it's a little chirpy. It's a little noisy in the library. So you decide to put in your headphones. You go to your phone to pick the music and what genre do you choose to play from on a playlist? Now, now I'm doing magic. Is it classical music? Yes. Ta-da. <laughs> I'm clairvoyant. I know it's spooky. Nobody was like Swedish death metal. It's always classical music. Classical music, like, like studies have shown, it's the best music to listen to while you're studying. It releases dopamines. It helps with depression. It helps you focus. It helps you study. I was listening to classical music and reading the commentaries about the Tower of Babel and looking over the theology that, is, um, that this story kind of brings out. And the first thing I want to say about the Tower of Babel is kind of a misnomer. Of some of the theology that maybe we were raised on with the Tower of Babel, it's a creation narrative, and you could, on a on a quick read, you can say, "Well, this is how we got language, right?" Uh, Tower was getting too high. God came down, scattered everyone, said, "Hey, you're gonna speak Korean, Swahili, English." That's not what this story is about. Um, A lot of the kind of theology that people kind of grew up with around Genesis stories, creation stories, I, I kind of think of it as to-go to cup theology. You know, you go into Pete's or you go into Starbucks, and what do they give you? They give you a paper cup, yeah? And that's good for the moment. It's good to go. It's a quick answer to a, a, a problem. You need coffee. <laughs> but that cup is not built to last, right? If you keep uh, trying to use that paper cup, what happens? It deteriorates over time. Suddenly you're picking it up and the bottom falls out and this black gooey mess is all over your new pants. You know what I mean? That's to-go cup theology. (laughs) You following me? You are? You sure? A lot of times we read creation stories and we have kind of to-go cup theology. It's like a quick read. Oh, that's how we got language. Oh, earth was built in six days. God took a day off. Add up all the names. Earth's probably 6,000 years old. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) That's called the young earth theory. It's a a theory, and people use theology to get there. Uh, You know, women came from a rib. There's a lot of meaning in that, but you can't read that story and be like, man, all these women, ribs. (laughs) That's just not good theology. So, Right? You feel me? Half the room feels me really well on that one. (laughs) Bad theology. If you look at this passage, I think it's verse 4 that really hones in on the meaning of it, and I'm going to read it to you. They're, They're building their tower, their city, right? They say, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. I think what the Tower of Babel is really about is that line right there. Let's make a name for ourselves. The Tower of Babel is similar to like an Icarus story, flying too close to the sun. It's about hubris. It's about might. It's about ego flying high too high. The Tower of Babel is a story about hubris meeting futility. And I'm going to point that out later, the futility that God blesses us with. But first, let's look at the hubris. And I'm going to do one more magic trick for you. Imagine you're working out, all right? You're running, you're on the treadmill, or you're lifting weights, and you put in the, the, the headphones, right? You're going to pick a genre, What genre of music are you going to put in? Think about it. We all got our answer in our heads? I'll tell you what it's not. It's not the essential hits of Yo-Yo Ma. (laughs) It's probably techno. Anybody? Techno? Anybody rock and roll? What about hip-hop? Come on. Anyone? No? Wow. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, boy, do I have a song for you then? You know, I have a playlist and it has one song on there that uh, always helps me bench, you know, 250 pounds or so, repetition. And it's by DJ Khaled. And he says this I print it in your bulletin if you want to see these um, very prophetic w- words from the DJ prophetic, poetic. He says this, he says this to us today. Okay. He says, hey, yeah, we the best. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody's hands go up. And they stay there. And they say, yeah and they stay there. I'm trying to read it as the whitest white man I am. (laughs) Up, down, up, down, because all I do is win, 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 and if you go in and (laughs) and put your hands in the air, make them stay there. See, that's the song I listen to when I actually need to lift some heavy weights. It's like, ah, win, 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 no matter what. You're pushing yourself with these songs. And who wouldn't want to win, win, win? Everybody does. It's very primal, the urge to win. Who wouldn't like it coming into church and everybody, like, turns around and sees you step up in the building? Imagine... If everybody's hands just went up every time they saw you and they just stayed there while they talked to you, like everybody, wouldn't that make you feel good? The introverts in the room right now are like, no. (laughs) Give me a dark room, give me a candle, give me a book, and leave me alone. (laughs) But for the rest of us, it would feel pretty good to be winning, to be recognized. And that's what the Tower of Babel story is about. It's these people, they want to build a city. They want to build a tower. They want to win, 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 no matter what. They want to make a name for themselves. And some of that is incredibly primal and necessary, especially in the early stages of your life. A child needs to have a win. A child needs to know what they're good at. A child needs to know their name. But the problem is, is as we mature, or as we don't spiritually mature, I should say, if we keep in that direction, building and building, our ego is out of control. We keep building the ego scaffolding to the sky, and we don't know how to stop at all. We want to win no matter what. So we keep building our towers to the sky. You know, I, when I was a child, if, an, ad, if a, an adult asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always knew the answer, absolutely, without hesitation. I want to be the most famous artist in the whole wide world. I imagine that I, because drawing was the one thing I was good at. Painting was the one thing I knew I was, I was a winner on that one. Couldn't read very well. I struggled in school a lot. But I could draw better than anybody in my class. So I was going to be the most... So you mix that with your hubris, you get the most famous artist. I couldn't just be a good artist, right? I had to be the most famous artist. And in my mind, I always imagine myself like walking down the red carpet like at a movie premiere, and everyone's like, there's the most famous artist in the whole wide world. (laughs) Hands down. And I would just sign things. Because that's the thing when you're an artist, right? You draw the picture and then you sign it. I practice signing my name all the time. All the time. I was really good at it. I had the best signature in the fourth grade. I'm telling you. Paul Trudeau. And I practiced and I would practice and I practiced because I thought when I grew up, everyone would want me to just sign stuff. As a child, you kind of need that. You kind of need that ego scaffolding, that big dream that you're going to try to live into because you need to know that you can win at something. It's vital. It's good. The problem is, as adults, if you think you're going to be the most famous this or that and you keep building your towers, it will kill you spiritually. You might be successful. Don't get me wrong. You might be famous. But spiritually, it will kill you if you're constantly trying to make a name for yourself because you'll be doing it just like the citizens of Babel. You'll be doing it independently of God. What you won't realize spiritually, you're drawing away from God with every step of success, every brick and mortar that you lay down to make your tower. You're doing it without God because you're not doing it in God's name. You're doing it in your name. What is your personal tower of Babel? What is the thing that you focus on and you obsess on that you need to build for you to get a win today? What is your tower that you have to build so you can make a name for yourself? You got it? I won't read your mind on that. you know what, the problem is, is uh, a lot of these towers are invisible. They're in our hearts and in our minds, and we, we're not even in tune with what we're doing often. But I'll guarantee to you, your tower's probably not built of bricks and mortar. Your towers are often built of, like, excessive time on your laptop, too much attention to your resume and LinkedIn, too much time in front of a mirror, obsessing about your looks. It's all about your legacy. Maybe not just your legacy, but maybe your children's legacy, too. That is the, the bricks and the mortar that we use in our towers to try to make a name for ourselves. And I'm telling you, it's killing us, because in reality, the materials that build our towers are all lies. They're the things that we continually try to make real, but they don't exist. These things that we think we need, we don't need. And why? Because God loves us. It's such a simple answer, but God loves you just the way you are. That's the good news. You know, I talked about um, when I I signed my name, and um, I'd always sign my first name and my last name, so Paul Trudeau. And I always ignored my middle name because it's weird. My parents um, divorced shortly after I was born, but they fought a lot. <laughs> Go figure. Um, you can laugh about that. It, it helps. <laughs> um, so when they were naming me, they got into a fight about my middle name. See, my mom wanted to name me after her dad, Jack. My dad wanted to name me after his dad, Bernard. So they compromised. And they Frankensteined a word together. <laughs> So my middle name is G- Gennard. And they, they thought I sounded French. And so they, they'd always tell me to say it like I'm French. And I'm not French, and neither were they, really. So if you say my name, you're supposed to say, if you say the whole thing, I was taught Paul Gennard Trudeau. You know? So I ignored it, because I remember my cousin said, that sounds like you sneezed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to bring that up anymore. But one day, I remember I uh, was with my best friend Isaac. We were at Camp 18, this restaurant. If you're in Oregon going out to the coast, there's like one restaurant that a lot of people stop off. And we, I looked behind a newsstand, and there was this um, stop sign that was all rusty, and the paint was kind of flaking off. And it was like, a, oh, my gosh, how cool is that? This is like junior high. I was like, Hey, let's take that stop sign. I found a stop sign. So we took the stop sign and we put it up on my wall. How cool is that to have a real stop sign? Not a lot of people have real stop signs in their room. You know why? It's illegal. <laughs> you, you can't take stop signs down from intersections. It's a bad idea. But I didn't do that, right? But I had it on my wall and that was really cool until I got a phone call from my buddy Isaac. I pick up the phone and he's like, Dude, you gotta get over here right now. The cops are here, and they want the stop sign. <laughs> I was like, oh, and you have a split second. Should I just go to Mexico with my stop sign? <laughs> but instead, I got on my bike and I r- rode to his house. And there's a motorcycle cop there, and he's got the mirror glasses. He looks just like Poncharelli from Chips, and he's he's super intimidating. I come up to him with the stop sign and I give it to him, and I'm trembling in my boots. And as an adult now, I can kind of realize what his reaction was like, because he was just kind of like, what is, oh man, that's not, this stop sign's old. You know, he's probably disappointed, thought he was going to really bust somebody for like a, like that just took down a stop sign, right? Because that's really dangerous. Instead, he takes the stop sign. He's like, okay, you can't do that. That's illegal. He goes, we're like, are you going to take us to jail now? Um, He's like, no, but I got to, you know, you're not gonna go to jail, but I'm gonna, I got to file a report. So he brings out his pad and paper and he says, okay, what's your name? Paul. What's your last name? Trudeau. T-R-U-D-E-A-U. Okay, what's your middle name? (laughs) (laughs) How do you spell it? He says. I didn't know how to spell my name. I'd never actually spelled Jannard. And so he's looking down at me. I'm scared to death. I don't know what to say. It's like, oh, I'm a real felon. <laughs> I told him, I was like, I don't know how to spell my name. And my best friend, Isaac, he's just busting up laughing. <laughs> like, there are other kids there. His parents are there. We have a crowd around. And I'm just humiliated. I'm like, I don't know how to spell my own name. It's J-E-A-N-A-R-D. That's the word nard in it. Um, You know, in that moment, you know, when you you really take pride in your name and all of a sudden you don't really quickly, it's a moment of futility. It's a moment when you realize, I'm not all that. I'm not going to make it in this world. (laughs) I'm failing. You know, I want to reach to the sky and I'm never going to get there. And I want to propose to you today that when you experience in the experience that, it might be a gift from God to you. Just like in the story, in the story of Babel, it's great. God looks down, right? That's what it says. It's like, God's like, huh, what are you guys doing? Little tower? Ha. Huh. <laughs> nah. I think he does that with our tower projects every now and then. And it's by his good grace that he befuddles them. And he blesses you with futility so that you don't know what to do and you don't take pride in your name sometimes and you fail. But what he's doing in those moments is he's freeing you from the towers of your own success. You know, I, I meet with a lot of people in the city and one, one reason I would meet with people often was to get them involved in the tenderloin and all the things that we do for people on the streets. Another reason why I would meet with people is because we have a, a county jail uh, ministry that we've done for over 14 years now. Um, and, you know, to get into jail is pretty tricky. You have to go through this process. And one day, uh, a young woman from our church called me up and said, let's meet for lunch. Why don't you meet me at Twitter? Does anybody work at Twitter here? No? Who's been to Twitter? Anybody? Security's impressive at Twitter. You know, like you're not busting into Twitter. You're not just walking in through the door. They put a badge on you. Google's the same way. (laughs) But they make you wait, and you got to get called up, and there's certain doors and elevators operate without you pushing on them and things like that. And as I was going through this process, it really struck me that this feels like jail. (laughs) Because when you go into county jail, you do the same thing. It's like you talk to a deputy. You're like going to wait here. We're going to let you in when we want to let you in. You're gonna go in that elevator, the elevator just opens up, you go in it, and you're just like, okay. It felt very similar. So I was going into the Twitter Tower, and I get up there and then it opens up to the cafeteria and it's like, voila, free food, free snacks. And what blew my mind was free beer. I was like, "What? what stops people from just drinking all day? But I realized this whole community, this Twitter community, and I'm not bashing Twitter at all, are just really self-propelled workers. They're just trying to make it comfortable for you to keep working, keep building, keep growing, keep pushing, keep achieving, win, 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 no matter what. Hands in the air. And it's, it's funny to me. Because I met with this young woman, she's like, I got to get out of here. I got to stop. She'd achieved and she'd won so many times, and she'd been so successful at her career and her achievements that it was killing her. And for her, the antidote was to meet somebody in county jail who was stuck too, to build a relationship with an inmate in a different part of the city. Now, that's one way to break out of our towers. But often it's just bringing in the element of of humility, of futility into our lives. You know, I um, am very much in love with the Beatitudes. When Jesus came on the scene, he taught us that sometimes the way up to God really is the way down into our spiritual lives, sinking into our souls. And the Beatitudes really articulate that well. And I want to read them for you today. As you think about breaking free from your tower, as you think about sinking into your own futility as a blessing, hear the Beatitudes. And this is from the message, so it's interpretation. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that cannot be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God... He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At that moment of being careful, you will find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. When you can see God in the outside, then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you'll discover Who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad then that that happens. Give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do. And all of heaven applauds and know that you are in good company. My prophets and my witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Jesus tells you to get in a new kind of trouble so that you might know him and he might be with you. See, our towers separate us from God. Separate us from Christ. And all Christ wants to do is spend time with you. God just wants to be with you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to build anything. And Christ knows your name. It's written on his hands. It's in the book of life. Christ became a loser for you in this upside-down kingdom world of love that he's calling us into. He is the failed Messiah, right? No, no Messiah actually is supposed to be killed on a cross and spat upon and beaten and bruised and bloodied. To the whole world, he looked like the ultimate loser. Why? Because he wanted to win you. No matter what, win you over love you no matter what again and again every single day of your life to be with you we are in a series right now about what it's like our our friendship series about being friends with God are you friends with God today he's doing everything to be your friend but we got to put down all of our tools of achievement we got to stop trying to make a name for ourselves we got to be called by name. Now, I want to close this message with this passage um, that I put in your bulletin. It's from uh, Frederick L. Collins. He says this, there are two types of people. One type of person walks into a room and says, here I am. The other type of person walks into a room and says, there you are. Much of our life, we walk into a room and we say, hey, world, check me out, trying to make a name for ourselves, walking into a room or a space or a career or a relationship and saying, hey, here I am. But as we spiritually mature, we learn to walk into a room and say, there you are. We're called to walk into rooms and to look for God, and you will find him if you're looking. There you are, God. And you'll see your brothers and sisters. you see your other family members and other friends of God. And you'll see there you are. You'll see God at work in all of it. So my prayer for us today is that we will walk into our spaces and our places into rooms and into relationships and say, there you are, God, discovering the love of God because God loves you. Let's pray. Lord, help us, God. When we can't stop ourselves, when we're locked in our own towers of achievement and obsession, when we're fixated on our looks or our legacy, Lord, we ask that you would bring us the blessing of futility that you would befuddle our achievements so that, Lord, we can finally walk into the room and find you there waiting for us, patiently waiting to be our friend. Lord, call us by name, and may all that we do as a community of faith be in your name, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.